Welcome to The City Podcast, a ministry of Ambassadors Church in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at wearethecity.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you are blessed by today's word. You know, set our minds right as we, as we go into this season of, of Advent and into the season of Christmas, celebrating the coming of, of Christ. I believe today's word can set the, set the stage for a great Christmas season. Do you guys enjoy your, uh, your Thanksgiving? How many of y'all ate a little bit too much? Come on. Yeah, that's right. How many, of, how many of you have had leftovers every day since Thanksgiving? All right. How many of you still have leftovers? None? So got some? All right. Leftovers are, leftovers are great. Uh, so, so make sure we eat up uh, and, 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 uh, and invite some people over. It's, it's always good when you can have some people over and just eat together. I believe food is the number one thing that takes down walls between people. If you invite someone over, sit at a table, uh, break open some bread, uh, and, and, and have a cup of coffee, it, it, does, it does wonders. Are you ready for a word this morning? I'm ready to give you a word. So let's open up our Bibles to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, uh, verse 19. Luke 17, verse 19. The, the title of my message this morning is Turn Back. Turn Back. <clears throat> Luke 17, 19. My version says this. And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. He said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. The word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for Thanksgiving. Thank you for the great food. Thank you for family and friends. Thank you for church. Thank you, Father, for worship. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for grace. Thank you for mercy and joy and peace. And we pray that this morning we would be filled with gratitude as we reflect on who you are and on what you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Anybody forgetful in the house? You forget things quickly. All right, there we go. So some people with me in the house. I, I, I'm the kind of guy that you can tell me something and I can say yes, and I will forget as soon as I turn. I will, I will, I will forget. So I have to write things down. And there's this thing on, on our phones. iPhone people in the house, where you at? Samsung people, just whatever. I don't even know what you guys are doing with your lives. Um, no, I'm just playing. I just can't. My dad loves Samsung. It's a constant, like, he, he loves to compare pictures. We'll take pictures of the same thing, and then he'll have, like, a judging thing. And I'm like, it just feels so, I can't, once you go iPhone, you just can't go any other way. So there's this thing, no, he can't. So there's this thing called the Reminders app uh, that it, it, comes, it comes with the phone. And it's great. It's just a checklist. It's nothing fancy. But you just put the things that you need to, to do on there, and then as you... And then as you do it, you, you check it off. So I've been using it for, you know, a while. So you can see all these things that have been checked off. There's still four things on there that I need to do probably tomorrow or this week. And so I have this reminders app to really help me. So I, I've gotten a lot better at getting done what I need to get done. Because as soon as I think it or as soon as I hear it, I write it. Because if I don't write it, I won't remember. Anybody with me on that? My wife has a, an app called Google Keep. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows Google Keep. Google has everything these days. Pretty soon it's going to be Google Life. Uh, but Google, Google Keep is this synchronized checklist where she puts items and I put items. And, and if anybody, you know, if, if she goes to the store, that's the items. And, and I can add an item to the list and she'll see it and check it. 
and, uh, and, and, and so we did potluck at City Boston, Boston in the house. And so she made me a checklist of things I needed to make sure I got to take to the, to the potluck on Friday. And it's, and it's, it's helpful uh, because as men, we're one, one track minds, right? Like we, when I think of potluck, I think the food. As long as we have the food, we're okay. But women don't just think food. They're thinking ambiance. They're thinking details. She's thinking the little chalkboard sign that we need to have that's going to make a big difference. She's thinking the, 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 the sign. She's thinking way beyond any. She's thinking those little, I'm thinking people are going to bring their food from home. It's going to be hot. It's going to be fine. She's thinking bring the little wire things, the contraptions to put the pans in with the water and the, and the burners and the things and the that. And so I had a list of stuff that I had to, to remember to get. And, uh, and, and I find that you know, remembering is, 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 is hard if we don't write it down, right? If, we don't, uh, if, we don't, if we're not intentional about remembering, chances are we'll forget. Before the Reminders app and before Google Keep, uh, you know, the good old-fashioned way was to write things down, right? That's, you get a pen and paper. But if, you don't, if you're not that kind of person, have you ever been that person who forgets things, but then you need to go back to where the last place you thought the thought was, right? You, 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 you retrace your steps that you're in the same lighting and you're in the same, uh, in the same smell and you're in the same place. And, and hopefully, it's weird how the mind works, right? You go back and going back is what jogs your memory. It's, it's what reminds you. It's the weirdest feeling in the world. Like when you, you walk into a room and you're like, why did I come into this room? And then you go back to the previous room so that you can remember why you were going to walk from that room to the next room. The human brain is very odd, and I find that this is happening more and more as I get closer to 30. Right? But 30 is the new 20. That's what I'm hearing. 30 is the new 20, and 40 is the new 30, and 50 is the new 40, and 60 is the new 50, and so on and so forth. So 2017, baby, we're all growing young. 30 is the new 20. But it's happening more frequently, and so I have to write things more frequently and I have to go back and realize, you know, what was, I, what was I about to do? Did you know in Christian lingo, we usually equate going back with not good? We sing a lot about moving forward, forgetting the former things. There's, you know, probably dozens of sermons preached on don't look in the rearview mirror, right? Like we're, we're looking through the windshield. We're, we're driving forward. We're going ahead, and we're going to move on. So we have this, because we equate going back with the story of Lot's wife, or looking back with the story of Lot's wife. You know, Lot's wife in the Old Testament, the lady, God was destroying her city, and God told her, don't look back. And what did homegirl do? Look back. And what happened to homegirl? She became salt. Like, God was creative that day. He's like, I'm not just going to kill her. I'm going to make her a pillar of salt so that cats can come and lick her or whatever. The, like, I, I don't, like, whatever animals lick salt. I think rabbits do, right? I don't know. There's those animals that are in cages that lick the salt things. And so Lot's wife is the, kind of our story of don't look back. It's our story of, you know, let's not, let's not go back to where we were. Let's move forward. Forget the former things. We're moving ahead. But did you know that going back is not always a bad thing? It's not always a bad thing. There are moments and seasons in our life with God that we need to go back in order to remember how faithful God has been how good God has been. And so happy Thanksgiving. 
We're talking about going backwards in order for us to then be able to move forward. Sometimes you got to go back in order to remember so that then you can make progress and move ahead. And I find in our in today's culture, we are so oftentimes attracted to the fast paced uh, the fast-paced way of life that we think that we always have to be going forward. But I think sometimes God brings us into a season of thanksgiving where we need to take a step back and remember how good God has been. And I want you to, this morning to take a step back with me and look at our lives from a, a third-person perspective and begin to see the things that God has done. Not just, I, I, I love who God is, but I also love what God has done, Amen. And God has been good. God has been good. And how quickly we forget how good God has really been. I told the story on Friday, so I apologize for those that heard it. Uh, but I'm going to say it again anyway. Uh, th there, this past Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, was it Wednesday, the turkey day? Uh, my dad texted me in the morning and said, go pick up six turkeys at uh, this place that uh, he got a hookup for, for six turkeys at first. Tuesday, Tuesday. Uh, and, but it wasn't just six turkeys. It was six turkeys and six boxes of food. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll go pick it up. Uh, load it up in my little Kia and come to the church. Put, the, put all the turkeys in the fridges here at the church. Fine. Done. Bless you. Uh, second of all, a little later in the day, it was a busy day, right? I felt like it was, you know, there was a, there was a lot to be done, and, and, and maybe my dad didn't even realize this, but then he texted me again, go pick up 10 more turkeys and 10 more boxes of food. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I texted my mom, like, this turkey thing is getting out of control. You have got, like, what's next? 30 turkeys, like, do I have to get another U-Haul? Oh, okay. You know, dad gets what dad wants. Because if there's one man I'm afraid of, it's my dad. Just the look. The look from my father. Many of you may have gotten the look at some point in your journey here. He doesn't raise his voice, but his eyes raises their voice. That even doesn't even make sense, but you felt my heart. So he's like, Javing, young man, 10 more turkeys. And I'm like, praise God. <laughs> no, that's not what I said. But I was, I was just, I was frustrated because I'm like, man, I have stuff, I got stuff that I need to get done. And so, and then I, I, I went over, I picked up the, and turkeys are not light. I didn't realize how heavy they were. And these came in boxes of four, four turkeys per box, 10 boxes of canned goods to go with each turkey. And I was in a, I was grumpy that day. Grumpy. Woke up on the wrong side of, of the bed. And once you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, I never, I don't know how that phrase came about, but I woke up on the wrong side of the bed and I was grumpy and I wasn't feeling too spiritual and I wasn't even feeling Thanksgiving spirit. And then I went and picked up the turkeys and I'm like, all right, this better be the last. I'm about to put my phone on airplane mode so I get no other requests for turkeys. And then God just all of a sudden like spoke about why we picked up the turkeys. Why? Why 10 more turkeys? And God said, I didn't call you to do this. My, your, your dad didn't tell you to do this for you to be annoyed. You're going to get those turkeys for other people. And you're going to drive down Barton Street, and you're going to ring on doorbells, and you're going to give turkeys away 
and you're going to give boxes of food away. And I'm like, praise you, God. That's great. And you know when your, your grumpy mood, all of a sudden, you feel stupid for feeling the way you felt? Because then you remember what God called you to do. And so I went, all right, I load up my Kia with all the 10 turkeys, the 10 boxes of food. Doorbell number one. And I don't know which, like, I need to get my Spanish up now. Like, I feel like God's opening doors in Spanish now, so I need to get my Spanish. So I'm like, hello, hola, tudreto. I don't know what they want. <laughs> Hi, like, que lingua. I don't know, but doorbell number one. Open it. And, 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 I, and I gave God an excuse. I'm like, nobody's going to be home. It's 3 p.m. Can you believe pretty much every door that I rang the doorbell, someone came to the door. And I also gave God another excuse. Even if I ring the doorbell and they open the door, they're not going to want it. Can you believe every single door that I rang and they opened the door, they wanted it? There are 13 people living in the White House right across the street from us. 13! Gave them two boxes of food. Turkeys, turkeys, turkeys. It felt like a lot. But it's just, there are people right here that I was complaining about serving, and then I remembered why God would want us to do it. It's not for us, it's for them. This morning, we need to remember some things. We need to remember why God has called us, and we need to remember the goodness of God. And when we remember the goodness of God, it gives us no excuse to complain about anything. And I'm preaching to myself this morning because I was the guy that said, you've got to be kidding me, 10 more turkeys? And then God. And I know you may be judging me like, wow, my pastor's really carnal. And here's the thing. That day, I, was, I wasn't feeling that. It's reality, right? Y'all can look at me like that, but I know you felt that same way. I know you felt inconvenienced by the things of God too. And here's the thing. I, I'm not even preaching my word this morning, but I feel like we need to give this, this, this word. Man, we got to remember why we're doing what we're doing. We got to remember why. We got to re- and man, I, I will get so up in my head and I'll start telling God, like, man, God, like, can't we just relax for a minute? And God's like, no. Remember. Remember why. Remember what. Remember who. Remember how I called you. Remember for what I called you. And all of a sudden, the Spirit starts slapping me and reminding me, wake up. I didn't call you for you. I called you for them. Ten families found out about our church because of a turkey. We need to remember. We need to remember. The story that we're reading this morning is of ten lepers that were healed by Jesus. And you're like, lepers? Yes, lepers. People with leprosy. And and leprosy, Google it. Google images. Leprosy. After church. After you eat. And after you digest. Leprosy. It is... It, it wears away at a person's flesh to the point that it's open sores and limbs begin literally just, just rotting away. 
flesh just rotting away on the bones. And this, in the time of Christ, was seen not only as a physical ailment, but as a spiritual curse. People thought because people had leprosy, they must have sinned really bad. And so God cursed them with leprosy. And so these lepers could not live in community with anybody else. They were forced to to live all together outside of their communities, leave their families, leave their homes, and go and live all together because it was seen as such a contagious illness. Nobody wanted to touch them, smell them, be near them. These were the most marginalized people in society at that time. You do not touch a leper. You do not talk to a leper. You do not get near a leper. And so Jesus shows up. Where does he show up? To the lepers. You know what I love about Jesus? If there was someone marginalized, Jesus was there. Jesus was all about the outsider, the leper, the adulterous woman, the tax collectors. If there was somebody that everybody hated, Jesus showed them his love extravagantly. And so Jesus is walking between Samaria and Galilee, and he comes up on a crowd of 10 lepers, not just one, 10. And they begin crying out to Jesus saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And then Jesus, you know, usually when Jesus is about to heal somebody, what does he do? He touches them. This time, Jesus didn't touch them. He talked to them. And Jesus talked to them and said, go on your way. Go show yourself to the priest. Meaning, when somebody was trying to prove that they were healed from leprosy, they would have to show themselves to the priest in order for the priest to then declare them clean. And then when they were declared clean, they could go back home and live with everybody else. And so Jesus says, go on your way. Go show yourself to the priest. And then the next verse says this, and this is something I love. It says this, and as they went, they were made whole. Meaning every step they took, they got a little bit more healed. Every step, look, Most of the healings in the New Testament were a moment, right? Jesus touched them, they were healed. But Jesus never does the same thing twice. Jesus proved sometimes healing comes not in a moment, but in a process. And so it's just a matter of you taking another step of faith, and the more steps you take, the more healed you'll become. Can someone shout? Healing is in the process. Sometimes we think, well, I want Christ to do it in me automatically or in one moment or one instant. Did you know sometimes healing is just you putting one step in front of the other and saying, Jesus, I don't see anything, but I'm going to trust in you. And as you walk, you'll be healed. And so imagine the scene, 10 guys who are rotting away, literally, and their flesh is coming off of their bones, and they have been on the margins and the sidelines of society for so long and haven't seen their loved ones or their family or their friends. And Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priest. And with every step that these 10 men took, the flesh began to come back onto their bones, and they were being made whole, and they were like, what is going on? It's like I'm being born Again? Born again? Come on, you don't have to be a theologian to realize the connection. It's like I'm being born again. And so these 10 men are walking and and the flesh is coming back onto their bones and they're like, this looks great. But then there's one guy who went back. This guy was a Samaritan man. So he was the marginalized of the marginalized. Samaritans were not liked by Jews. 
Like these people were seen as filthy from birth because they were Samaritan. Now imagine you're a Samaritan leper. That means you are the dirtiest of the dirtiest people. You are the most sidelined of those on the sidelines. You are the most unwanted of the unwanted ones. You are the bottom of the barrel. And Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priest. This one Samaritan man starts seeing the flesh come back onto his hands. And he says, I can't keep going. I have to go back. And he goes back and falls at the feet of Jesus and begins worshiping Jesus for healing him. And Jesus says this, where are the other nine? The only one that came back is this foreigner, this stranger. Those other nine should have known that God had this power. But this, this, this foreigner is the one that comes back. And he says to the foreigner, go. Your faith has made you well. This dude wasn't just healed in the physical. He was healed in the spiritual. This guy, this one, this one foreigner, this one stranger, this one guy, the sideline of the sideline, the bottom of the barrel, realized that sometimes you have to go back. Sometimes you, you, you have to go back. Th this morning, I want to encourage you with a word is that you need to go back. You know, sometimes, you know, the Lord has blessed us so much to the point that we just keep moving forward and like, we'll thank him on the way. But worship is us falling at the feet of Jesus. It looks like this, the unclean of the unclean, the, the worst of the worst, falling at the feet of Jesus and saying, Lord, I worship you for what you've done. The other nine went about their merry way. But this one captured the spirit of gratitude. This one man got more than the other nine. And even though all 10 were healed in the physical, this one is the one that captured the true essence of what Christ really did for him that day. That it wasn't so much about his hands and his, his limbs and his body being restored, the greater miracle that day was the fact that his soul was restored. The fact that he would now walk away from that moment realizing that Jesus was not just a miracle worker. He was not just a prophet. He was the son of God. And, and this morning, I think all of us need to take a step back in our journey with Christ and think about all that God has done. Think about what the Lord has, has done in your life and begin to Give him thanks. We need to remember, forget not his benefits, the psalmist says. What that means is that we have to be intentional in our gratitude. We have to be intentional in our gratitude and go back, go back and begin to remind ourselves of the good things that God has done. How good has God been? How good has God been? How faithful has God been? In our trip last month to, uh, to celebrate Eli and Savannah's wedding, uh, we, we went and on our way back, there was, uh, we, we had some complications with the trip because there was an airstrike in France and so it delayed our flight and we ended up staying stuck in London overnight one night. And there was this couple 
this 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 couple that you know we struck up a conversation with, and they were believers, and uh, and uh, and she talked a whole lot. It was more of us listening than really a dialogue. She just talked, right? She talked a lot, and uh, and we were tired and 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 stuff. She just kept talking, talking, talking. But they were funny, right? So it gave us some joy in in that moment, and. Uh, and she was she was knitting very young, and, and she was knitting something and just having a great old time knitting. And we, we were conversing and stuff, and we all went to the hotel, and then we stayed overnight. Came back the next morning to catch the flight to New York. That couple was there. We were all gonna fly back to the United States together. We come back, we fly back to to New York. We all get off, and there's this massive line at immigration. Massive, I mean, like literally hundreds upon hundreds of people waiting to go through immigration to get through the border. And, uh, and, and so they, then they created another line, those that are citizens and those that aren't. And then, so we all, we, the, those of us that had our, our things all went, all went up closer. And then this couple that we had talked to the night before, I see them like frantically going through their bags. I mean, it was, I'm like, is everything all right? Like the lady, I swear she was crying. The guy is visibly upset. The wife lost the husband's passport. I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> Lay hands on the backpack. Appear in Jesus' name. And she lost. Man, he was upset. Ooh. Because they're from here. But they couldn't get, they couldn't get in. Because they didn't have... The document. I don't know. I don't even know what was the resolution to that. I wish I had like a great punchline to be like, come to the altar. God is going to restore your passports. That's not what I have. I, I, I just want to remind you of the dangers of not remembering. That's what I want to remind you of is that there is danger in not remembering the important things. Man, I felt for that couple. I was like, I felt like being like, let's photocopy mine. Like <laughs> identity theft. But the, like, what do you do in a moment like that? And the lady said to her husband, let's go back on the plane, not to London. Let's go back on the plane and look on the plane. The, the, the flight attendants and stuff, we're all trying to help. They go back on the plane, search where they sat. No sign of the passport. I don't know where they are today. I should probably find them on Facebook or something and ask if everything's all right but there's danger in not remembering the important things. It's Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving week. We all sat around our tables and, and we ate, but God's calling us to remember. Remember something way more important than a passport. I want you to remember that you were the outsider that was welcomed into the family of God. That you were the one, you know, the, the story of the 10 lepers that are dying. It really isn't about the fact that Jesus has the power to heal 10 lepers. That's, that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is that all of us were born spiritually and physically dying. But yet Jesus Christ came so that we would have life and be restored. And that the outsider can get welcomed into the family of God. That's us. That's, that's me and you. You and I, whatever the proper English is, that's, that's us. And this morning, I want each and every one of us to remember that if it weren't for Jesus, we would be stuck on the outside. 
but because of Jesus, we have been welcomed into the family of God. We are welcome at the table. We are welcome into this thing called the kingdom of God. And not because of we deserved it, but because he loved us to such a point, he loved us like a father and he welcomed us in and said, I don't care how dirty you are. I don't care if nobody else wants you. I want you. I will save you. I will set you free. Come and be part of the family of God. And now we must remember what God has done for us. Don't forget you are unlovable, but God loves you. Don't forget you were going to die, but God saved you. Don't forget it's all about the cross. It's all about the blood. It's all about the name of Jesus. It's about him. And because of him, we can receive eternal life. Don't forget the important things. This is the most important thing. Don't forget it. More important than a passport and immigration, we need to remember how good God has been. Could you stand up with me all across the sanctuary?